This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You are listening to Front Office Features, and I am Rob Crane, where each week we have a discussion with a sports executive in an effort to take you behind the curtain to learn more about the inner workings of the business and provide insights to help start and grow your sports business career. Today, episode one, uh, you'll meet my partner. His name is Chris Valente. Chris is the director of sales uh, at Fenway Sports Management, FSM, and we have put together this podcast. We've come together. We've been working on this uh, for about six or seven months behind the scenes. And today is the day where we launch this bad boy. And why are we doing this? Uh, we're going to dive into that uh, today as with our first episode, episode one, uh, and talk about how much fun we have uh, learning and talking to, uh, you know, sports executives who want to, who, uh, college-age kids who want to get into the business, who want to start their sports business career. Chris and I both would have loved to have had uh, an avenue, a podcast, something to listen to to kind of help us through when we had no idea what the hell we were doing. So this is what this podcast is about. We just kind of want to help young people uh, who are starting their sports business career, give them some insights. Um, each week we're going to be interviewing a different person within the business. You know, uh, we've got recorded, you know, a president of an XFL team. We've got Larry Lucchino, who is, uh, the CEO emeritus of the Boston Red Sox. We've got people from the college space. Uh, we've got, uh, a person in Janet Marie Smith who she designed Camden Yards. She saved Fenway Park. It's going to be a heck of a lot more than baseball. Uh, it's going to be sports executives uh, from all over the country, and uh, we're hopeful that this helps you uh, in your sports career. So we want this to be interactive. So we've got uh, front office features, social media, uh, frontofficefeatures.com, and we want to talk to you. We want to hang out, and uh, we want to learn uh, more about what you're having trouble with, what is important to you, and what you want to hear. So want to make it interactive. So. Welcome to episode one. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, should be a lot of fun. All right, we are here at the very first front office features. It is Chris Valente and I. Chris, we are in your basement, yeah. and there is nothing better than starting anything because I feel like all good things are started in a basement. Yeah, it's either that or a garage, right? All right, or that or a garage. We actually tried to do this outside, and then it started pouring, yes, and that didn't work out real well. It's not cooperating outside, but, you know, Massachusetts. Rain. It's Massachusetts. We can yeah. figure it out. 
Um, so this is the episode one, the inaugural episode of Front Office Features. And I came to you a few months ago, it was like in May, um, about an idea. And we are in the middle of August right now. And I came to you with an idea. I was like, you know, I just feel like I got to do something uh, different. I got to change some things up. I've gotten, uh, and I tell, kept telling you, because we've been close for a while now. And I was telling you, I was like, man, I just, I think I want to start a podcast about helping college-age kids because I keep getting all these things on LinkedIn, right, yeah. that say, uh, you know, I'm looking to get a start in. How, do you got any advice? And I was like, I think there's a lot of people that want this advice. And I talked to you about this idea, and then you said... I the light bulb went off in my head. I was like, you're absolutely positively onto something because the amount of people that reach out to, I think probably both of us, just looking for that direction or help and guidance probably based on our experiences that people see or the organizations we work for is countless. I mean, I've had three people already this week reach out and say, can we chat? Can we talk? Can right. you help me? And I'm like, and I always say yes, because I still believe in that, that sending the elevator back down and doing all that type of give back is, is worthwhile. And I would appreciate it when I was at that point in my career. And this is a very tricky business to navigate, as you know. So it's amazing to feel at the end of those conversations how enlightened people are when you give them the truth and give them real facts versus probably stuff that they want to hear right and send them down the right path so i think when you had this idea of like let's combine maybe some writing and some podcasting and talk about topical stuff in the world it was a no-brainer i remember you i went to you and you're like man i just did an aptitude test and uh everyone loves those (laughs) right it's like what am i good at what am i not good at and but one of the things that you were good at was so my number one realized strength that I don't use enough was writing. And, and crazy. I had written two articles in the past for LinkedIn specifically about sports and working in the industry and got a lot of positive feedback. So when you brought this up and said, hey, would you be interested in doing this? It was like, yeah, sign yeah. me up. I'm in. I kind of had an idea that you would be all in on it. but uh, Yeah. Uh, we'll give you that idea. <laughs> right, because we talk about this stuff all the time, all right? All the time. We, uh, and, you, uh, uh, and we actually... I interviewed you when we were just getting started. You may have been like my second or third interview. So this is August. We're recording this August 21st. And I was thinking about this stuff in like May. And my first interview was June. And I remember going through this and was like, I had no idea what I was doing. And I was like, I didn't know how. I was like, how do you even record this? I... You know, I'm not the. Uh, I was like, all right, I got Garage Band and bought Sounds a couple. Right, right. right. Yeah, I yeah. bought a Garage Band. Uh, I had a Garage Band, a couple a microphones, and I got a podcast and learning like how to do this. So um, that's really like what it did. And then you said like, hey, I'm kind of interested in like the writing and the blog thing, and it's like talk about something that perfect. It was just you it know, was just perfect. What's gonna be fun about this is this is our livelihood and our career. I mean, this is what we know. This is all the only industry you and I both worked in. Right. So I think from giving that and putting that down on paper and talking about situations and helping kids, whether they're in school, out of school, or looking to make a transition into this world, our help and guidance and, and feedback hopefully makes an impact on them and sets them down the right path and gives them the truth what this industry really is and it's it's a lifestyle i mean we've talked about that it's not a a job it's not a a job it's not a career it's like it changes your life and i also think too um neither of us came into this industry of like oh we knew the president of the boston red sox or the so-and-so it's like no we like we're two college kids it was like hey sports are kind of cool what about this yeah pretty much (laughs) and uh we so neither of us started in glamorous places 
No, I uh, going into college, I was looking to major in something I was going to be interested in, and you could take the easy route and say I'm going to go into business and finance. But at sports management back in the early 2000s was just probably getting started. UMass right. was one of the programs that had it that was close enough to me from New Jersey that would make sense to go for. And my parents were like, you're going to major in what? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go. You're going to be a coach, right? No, no, that has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. And they're like, how are you going to make money working in sports if you're not a player? And it was the whole thing, yeah. you know. It, but it all worked out. I mean, 15 years into this, and it's it's been a, it's been an amazing ride to, to date. And it's hopefully only going to get better now that we have a much more better understanding of how this industry does work and the connections we've both made. So... I think it's giving back and, and helping people use some of our mistakes, learnings along the way to help them not make the same ones and have them give a, a better understanding of where their their path is hidden. I haven't made one mistake in my Never. career no, in 15 I mean, years. I wouldn't think so. I didn't effed anything up. I mean, <laughs> perfect. Perfect resume. Perfect resume. Perfect everything. Yeah. So um, so one of the things I remember, I get, I, so I went to Springfield College in Springfield, Massachusetts. Down the street from UMass. Down the street from UMass. And I remember, like, same, same, we're the same age, and I remember getting um, packets in the mail of, like, what do you want to, like, from different colleges. And I remember, like, yeah, business sounds kind of cool, like, when I was a senior in high school or something. It's like, yeah, business sounds fine. I don't really know. Yeah, whatever. And then I got... A package you test told didn't tell you where yeah, to go. Right, and after two tests didn't tell me where the hell I was doing. So I got this package in the mail, and it was from Springfield College. And at the time, I was living in Mobile, Alabama, in the middle of freaking nowhere. Mobile, Alabama. I, I was living in Mobile, Alabama. My dad traveled a lot for work, and at the time, I was in Mobile, Alabama. It was awful. I'm sorry if anyone's listening from Mobile, but I hate your city. <laughs> the I've never been there, and I hate your city. Yeah, right. So. I got the package, and it said Springfield College, because I was looking at schools up there. And Springfield College, I opened it up, and it says, we have this major called sport management where you learn the business of sports. And I was like, yep. I'm in. I'm in, right? I'm so in. I just started looking around. Take and my I, money. Yeah, take my money. I was just giving a hand over fist. Hell, I'm still paying for the damn thing. Of course. And uh, so that's where the sports management came from. It was like, all right, well, this is cool, right? And then, um, you know, did the whole sport management thing, and... Uh, so I went, how I got my first job, I went to the baseball winter meetings in 2004, and those were in Anaheim, California. Baseball winter meetings, you know, kind of from ESPN where yeah. they've got uh, trades and all this kind of... all the trades go down, the GMs are getting together, everyone's right. moving, shaking, yeah. Right. So what also is there is a 500-person job fair. Which most people don't know about. No, no, no one has any idea about. Yeah. So, I, and I didn't know anybody about it. about it, someone told me. And so me and my best friend, uh, Burge and I, his name's Jason Bergeron, but Burge and I go and we're like, all right, screw it. We have nothing else to do. Let's go to Anaheim. Let's go to Anaheim, California. Hit up Disneyland while we're there. Yeah, what the hell. So we uh, fly out to California and uh, we go to the job fair and um, we're... Hey, I, by the way, if I never, I hopefully never stand in line at a job fair ever again in my life. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Those things... We're so scary and intimidating when yeah. you're at that point and you're like, what am I supposed to be saying? What do I do when I get up to the front of this line? I was so young and dumb, I had no, no idea. No one tells you what to do with those no things. No one. like, hey, bring a bunch of resumes and go shake some hands. I'm like, well, what do I say? It's just like this awkward conversation I'm having. Totally awkward. Like, what am I supposed to say to you? So, please give me a job. <laughs> please give me a job. So we go to this job fair and there's like all these different rooms and it's like, there's the inter there's a job posting room and then you like, you apply for jobs, you put your resume in and then like... 
you're waiting in this interview room, right? Like it's just a big ballroom where it's like two person tables. So I'm, we're going, me and Burris are going up the escalator to go to this uh, job interview room. And Burris goes, remember, we're 22? Right. And he goes, hey, check out that blonde over there. And I was like, that blonde's attractive. <laughs> so I was like, all right. So I, she's waiting for the interview. And then I go up and talk to her. And my first pickup line was, uh, so... Waiting for these interviews really does suck, huh? And you're not wrong. I wasn't wrong, and somehow she laughed at that, and we started talking, and we uh, were able to talk for the rest of the the time. We hung out, we just had a good time. So at the end of this uh, winter meetings is something called. Did you the, tell her you were from Mobile, Alabama? No, at that time <laughs> I was living back in. Burlington, Massachusetts. So I was from Massachusetts and learned that she was from Connecticut. Oh, that worked. So we were New Englanders. So I uh, so we're hanging out, and at the end of this thing is called the gala, right? It's not really a it's not a formal thing at all. It was at the Angel Stadium. You walk around and basically drink, and which was fun. At twenty two. At twenty two, it was a blast. So we're drinking, we're having a good time. Maybe had enough drinks where you feel exceptionally good. Get a little courage. I had, a, <laughs> I had great courage. So then we continue the party, and the party goes to uh, a uh, hotel lobby. And we're sitting around a table. It's me, Burge, and this blonde. And I'm dressed in, like, jeans, a button-down, and, like, a Red Sox hat. And all of a sudden, it's like, I don't know, 1.15 in the morning, right? And I get a tap on my shoulder. I turn around. The guy goes, nice hat. I said, Brian Cashman? Huh. Uh, I was like, uh, would you like to have a seat? And uh, he goes, yes, of course I would. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so Brian Cashman, the general manager of the New York Yankees, come sits down with me, Burge, the blonde. So there's four of us at the table. And we're giant Red Sox fans. And we were saying, we were asking him everything. It was uh, when Jason Giambi got caught with steroids, when Randy Johnson just signed with him. It was a nutso time. And we were asking Every question under the sun Why because not? why else you can sit down with Brian Cashman? And we had a lot of liquid courage. There you go. <laughs> and I think Brian did too. Not so, shocking. Not shocking. So Brian and we had a great conversation and it was right when the Red Sox signed David Wells. So Boomer. We, boomer. So he said, um, So Brian, what do you think about uh, the Red Sox sign and David Wells? He pauses and goes Best of luck with that fat fuck. <laughs> okay. So then he goes even better. He goes, you want to talk to him? And he goes, uh, here. And he hands me the first Blackberry ever. And uh, it has a little rolly ball on yep. the side. Oh, yeah. And it's now, I don't know, 145 in the morning. And he goes... Most kids listening to this don't know what a Blackberry is. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> what's that relic thing? What's that relic that? thing that I talked about? Uh, but it says dialing David Wells. It's 145 in California. He's up. Wells is up. Well, Wells. But he, he may have been, but he's like, what the hell Cashman calling me <laughs> at 2 o'clock in the morning? Uh, he didn't leave a... Uh, I left a voicemail and passed the phone all the way around. To leave David Wells a voicemail. To leave David uh, Wells uh, a drunk voicemail from Brian Cashman. Uh, I, I, I want to one day run into David Wells and see if he remembers this. So, after all that good stuff, he's making small talk and goes, So, uh, when are you two pointing at me and the blonde getting married? 
was like, I met her yesterday. I was like, I'm just trying to have a good time. You know what I mean? And he goes, no, no, no. You two are going to get married. So, lo and behold, uh, we do. That's my wife, Amy. and That's why he's Brian Cashman. That's why he's Brian Cashman. So, Amy and I are living in Omaha, Nebraska. I'm the assistant general manager of the AAA affiliate of the Kansas City Royals in Omaha, Nebraska. And we are literally filling out the... Uh, figuring out who the heck are we going to invite to our wedding. So you're hacking off aunts and uncles and family members that you never talked to. So we was like, hey, you know what we need to do? We need to invite Brian Cashman. He needs to officiate this thing. Right. He needs to be like a big part of this. So we send the whole invitation uh, along with this letter. And luckily, we took a picture of with like the Kodak Disposable cameras with yeah. a real rolly thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right there, no cameras. cell phones. Um, and I, uh, so we sent a picture. Luckily, we took a picture. So we send literally a picture. This is us. And uh, we get married in June. And we don't hear from the Yankees, nor did we really expect, expect to. Yeah. Except it's August now. And we've been married for two months. So all the invitations were going to Amy's parents. So. We get a call from Amy's mom. It's like, hey, uh, guys, we just got this letter. Uh, it's addressed to you, and the return address is the New York Yankees. Do you want us to open it? It's like, yes, yes, open, the open the letter. Please open the letter. So we open it. They open up the letter on the uh, in the uh, on the phone, and then tell us is like, uh, dear Rob and Amy, congratulations on uh, on on getting married. Only if I could predict all stars like I predicted your wedding. Here's a lifetime of happiness. Sincerely, Brian Cashman. That's amazing. It's it's uh so that letter and the picture are framed in my office, so it gets even better, I think. So, I was the president of the Yankees AAA affiliate in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah. So, um, I, the Yankees owned half of the team, so I had to go and interview in New York with the Yankees uh, at Yankee Stadium. So the owner of the team and I. Uh, go there, and he obviously knows the uh, story, the story I like to tell. Yeah. It's a <laughs> good story. It's a good story. And it's I, a great story. I start going out. We start walking from wherever we were going to Lon Trost, the COO of the New York Yankees office. So we're walking down the hallway, and Yankee Stadium is exactly what you think it is. It's like uh, in the hallways. It's like you know mahogany and carpets and 27 World Series championships Everywhere, it's exactly what you would think. High end, fancy, this gorgeous. Is, is this is the old stadium. No, this is the new oh, one. Oh, this is the new one. Yeah, this is the new one, and uh, it's everything. So we're walking, and all of a sudden, uh, out of the side door, pops out Brian Cashman. I have no idea where he came from, and he starts talking to Art Maiden, the uh, owner of the team at the time, and he starts talking. He's like, "Hey, and this is uh, I want to introduce you to Rob Crane." Uh, he is the, uh, he's interviewing to be the president up in Scranton. Looks at me, looks at Art, looks at me, looks at Art, and goes, Hey, are you still married? <laughs> so he remembered. He still, he, he remembered, absolutely. And uh, he was, Cashman, Brian Cashman is one of the great guys of all time. Uh, he, uh, he's, he's just one of the class I don't know if you heard about that. He, he's what? He's also a car thief. Yeah, I saw that, <laughs> right? The guns drawn guns on him because on uh, of, uh, of an issue that I did he had. Mix up. Yep. Yeah, a little mix-up, a little mix-up. But yeah, uh, so that's how I met my wife. And also that weekend, uh, I... Did you land a job? 
So yeah, right. So I, it is the most productive weekend uh, in uh, in human history, I believe, because that also weekend I had three job offers: one from the New York Mets to do inside sales, one from um, some team in California, Stockton Ports. Uh, they were opening up a brand new ballpark uh, to sell group tickets there, and then the other one was uh, in Battle Creek, Michigan, for the Southwest Michigan Devil Rays to sell uh, group tickets. So Which one did you pick? <laughs> I was the smart guy and chose Battle Creek, Michigan out of all of them. And, uh, I hear the summers there are beautiful. Oh, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Everything is awful in Battle Creek. I have great memories in Battle Creek. I like Battle Creek way more than I ever liked Mobile, Mobile Alabama. Yeah, yeah. We've established that. We've established that, yeah. Uh, but, uh, so I took uh, my job. My first job in sports was selling $3 group tickets for $16,000 a year, and I made 3% commission on those $3 roll tickets. Uh, the first year after you get all this stuff, and you're, working a, stuck around with you. you're working a billion hours. And I was literally under the federal poverty line. So when I did my taxes, I got like a giant check back. <laughs> all of your taxes. So Plus the, like, if hey. you were to say, what's some of your greatest memories of Battle Creek? I'm pretty sure it was when I get my tax, tax refund return. check yeah. uh, in 2005. So what made you choose Battle Creek over... The New York Mets. The, the person, Because most people have that, like, most people so at this point in their career, they see an opportunity to go work for the New York Mets. Right. Or an East Bum team in the middle of Battle Creek, Michigan, and the AAA, single A, whatever level of that is. And I'd say most people would probably lean and go take the New York Mets game. Yeah, of course. Just because they care more about the name on the front than they do about they're saying the Because they're Yeah, right. No. Uh, that was a great... Uh, one of the things I wrestled with was, all right, Stockton was out, right? It was too far. There was a new ballpark. California had no real interest in going there. But it was down to the Mets. And I remember talking and going through these things. But what the, And they got to kind of even, though the one thing that put it over the top was the guy I interviewed with. The guy I interviewed with is a, a guy named Marty Cordero. Um, I started working with him. I took the job because of him. He just seemed like he cared about me, right? It was a small staff. It was going to be seven or eight people. So, like, coming into that, you could tell that he wanted me to succeed because he needed people. It was his first year as GM. He was young at the time. Not that he's old now, but that was uh, he's probably in his early 30s, uh, mid-30s when he had that job. And so he needed people to succeed. And you just felt like that's a guy I could learn from. And he just seemed to do that. Yeah, that, that, that alone he, is what... The- biggest piece of advice I always tell these kids now is like it's it matters sometimes more the person that you're working for than the team you're working for because if you don't work for that individual who's going to help grow you and be your mentor and, and get you to that next level right you what are you doing and I think at the time I'm not sure I did it consciously but it's advice I give and I know you give too is you got to interview both ways absolutely right like you're going to have to go work a hundred hours a week with the person on the other side you of the table like them. you better like them uh, and they better be having an eye for you for what's next. And I always felt Marty was that. He had a good eye towards, uh, he was a good teacher, always has been. And he was always a really good mentor as well. So he just, I don't know, you ever had that thing feeling where you just like trust your gut? It's like, I should go work for that guy. Yeah, no, I had that same situation actually what led me to DraftKings. So I was talking 
to Anaheim about going out and running the San Diego Gulls when it was about to launch out there with the AHL franchise. And I had two offers on the table, one to stay in Boston and go work for DraftKings on the brand side, which I had never been on, and one to stay on the similar side of in, in, in the team side and go work for the Gulls. And for some reason, something was telling me that I should stay in Boston. And I, we didn't have kids yet. I was married at the time. My, but my wife, Rachel, she was like, we should go. I want to do it. Like, now's the time. And I was like, you know what? If we decide to have kids and you're out there 3,000 miles away from your family, it's going to be hard. Lo and behold, you know the issues that she's had when she was pregnant in yeah. terms of how terrible it was. It just my gut told me I should stay here. And it, and it all led back to everything working out great. But yeah, I know completely. I mean, that's sometimes when you're a kid and you're wrestling with what decision to make. Trust yourself, right? Just like go with go with what you think is going to feel good inside, and you you eventually you're, you'll give yourself the right answer. Right. I think gut is one of these things that's quali- quanti- qualitative. Yeah, qualitative. Right. Qualitative. One of them. It's like one of them. Uh, and but it's always right, right? If you legit listen to it, your gut is normally right. And what's the worst that's going to happen? Right, well, that's exactly. What's At 22, 23, if you make the wrong mistake, you fix it. So one of the things that they said is, so my mom was like, uh, asked me, like, you're going to go to Battle Creek, Michigan? What are you doing? I was like, Mom, what's the worst thing that can happen? And right. if, I, if it doesn't work out, are you not going to let me back? Exactly. And she's like, oh, well, right I tell everybody. Back. So yeah, right. what's the worst that's going to happen? So I might as well do it now when I'm 22, 23, and then... You know, then I got to go to Omaha and... Right, now that you're married with a kid, saying you're moving to kid. Valkyrie, Michigan, your wife might be like, yeah, you might be moving to Valkyrie, Michigan. Yeah, right, you're going by yourself. <laughs> but, <laughs> good luck. Good luck. So I guess, uh, you know, it, your gut is right, and having someone young in your career that is going to be a good teacher and have an eye for you, I think is, is, is important. And I think as we continue this podcast and we continue... Uh, frontofficefeatures.com and some of the things that we're going to do on there it's really helping people along with that ride right and and it it leads them back to their gut because they know the right answer and it's sometimes you just over and over play it over the situation in your head you're laying in bed you're thinking about what should I do what's the right decision this is like the world's going to end if I don't make the right one and it's never that case when you just boil it down to how simple it is and your your gut is going to tell you the right answer and you need someone like either yourself or myself or or Marty to give you that advice to get you right. to that point right. and that's what you need from a boss yeah uh more and more more of a leader I'd say than a boss yeah. but like that's the whole thing it's like just trust yourself and it'll all work out worst case scenario you figure it out and go make the and go make it all better right it, it, there's so many ways to get to you know proverbial yes on how to to work well together on what is best for you and i think that advice i wish i had like when i was thinking about this in may and i was like i i just want to do something else right i want to not do something else i wanted to do something in addition to do more yeah, do more want to give right? back i it's- wanted to give back so i was like you know i really wish i had someone or something that i could go and you know be part of the discussion right so uh, you know, I was thinking, I was like, you know what? I, I, people reach out to me and to you on LinkedIn all the time, and uh, or just random. No, I encourage people to continue to do that. Please, I want them to. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, you know what? I think people are interested in this. So I talked to some uh, college age kids. I started talking to you. I started talking to other people, and they were saying, you know, college professors are dying for real life content. Yep. And I think. Uh, a lot of our efforts are going to be into that, you know, kind of soft, you know, the college space and the kids right out of this. 
uh, right out of college to help them along in their career and try to give them, take the theoretical of, you know, what you learn in a textbook and sports business class. Yeah, this is going to be supplementary. It's like you should take what you think you've, you've, you've learned and what you can apply to be successful in your role. But sometimes you just need that guidance to help you get to the to, to what you actually want to do. And right. it's it's not always as easy as we kind of boil it down with your gut. But this industry isn't rocket science. No. It's, I mean, it's like, I mean, we're surviving. We've been in We're, we're doing minutes. okay, right? So at the end of the day, it's like, like, okay, well, let's talk through this. Let's get you to a point where you feel comfortable to make your own decision. Because I'm not going to make the decision for you. You're not going to make the decision for that person. Mm-hmm. But we'll help you get there. And I think it's... It's sometimes a scary place without having that, but if you have people with the amount of experience that we have and the amount of conversations we've had with college kids, just be a resource. And too, so I guess that leads to the next uh, next point. Um, you know, I'd like to. What are you trying to get out of this? To what are you trying to be able to provide to the people listening? Um, because uh, I think it's all in the same. It's all in the same vein. But uh, I kind of want to go over a little bit about like. How is this going to look? What is front office features and what is the podcast? What is frontofficefeatures.com look like? What are you trying to what are you trying to do trying to get out of it and how do you you know what do I you mean, think going the on? industry I mean the industry has evolved so much in the 15 years you and I have both been in it, right? It's, there's new there's new sports, esports that didn't exist right, 15 yeah, years right, ago. So it's more about like genius whoever thought of yeah, that. Seriously. Um, maybe we should play more video games. We can yeah, do it in my basement. Uh, so it's like look Every time there's there's a news story or there's something going on, we're not going to break the news. We're not here to break news. We can't, we already work in this industry. We pretty yeah. much probably knew it already happened before it happened. But it might be able to give people like a peek behind the curtain of like, hey, how this really works, what goes behind it, what really goes into something to make something from sponsorship happen, uh, a partnership from a media outlet doing whatever they're doing. So I, I think it's about literally giving people more clarity on what this industry really is because I think people sometimes go into it blind. They say, hey, I'm going to go major in sports management. I'm going to be the GM of the team playing fantasy football for the rest of my life. That's not what it is. This it's is not, a business. It's right. a big business. It's billions and billions of dollars are exchanged yearly in the sports world. So it's giving people more of insight into what really goes on behind the scenes. And then for me personally, it's I get more enjoyment out of helping and grow a staff to get them to the next level than I do sometimes from making my own sales. Amen. So like seeing and being able to have those conversations I still have with people who have worked for me and gone on to bigger and better things in this in this industry, almost it's almost like being like a proud dad, right? Yeah, right. It's like everything I have been able to teach you and under my tutelage has gotten to where you are and we still stay connected and have those relationships. There's people who have reached out to me who have never worked for me I have that relationship with and that's what this is, is like continually just give back what I know and what I think is going to be valuable for people who might feel a little lost trying to navigate this world. Yeah, and for me too, it's the same exact what you're saying, but I'm so interested in other people's stories, right? Of like how they got started, um, what's important to them, whether they're you know the president of a team now, what their story was, because I feel there's a lot to learn from a lot of other people. One hundred percent. Yeah, and there's 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 no linear path, right? No. There, everyone's like, well, what's the right decision to make to get me to that president level? There is no right decision to make. Everything along the way is going to help you hopefully build to that point. Yeah. But I know you've talked to a bunch of already executives in the industry from yeah. the, on the podcast side that will roll out here. And each one of them, I'm sure, has a very different path to how they got to Every, every single one of them. So like I said, we started, uh, the idea started in May. 
the first interview was in June. It's August 21st right now. Um, and we've I've had the opportunity to interview a bunch of people. I've interviewed you. Yeah. Uh, but like Larry Lucchino, the CEO uh, emeritus of the Boston Red Sox, Charles Steinberg, uh, who's the president uh, of the Worcester Red Sox and longtime CMO of the Red Sox Dodgers, Jana Marie Smith. She did a small little project called, you know, Camden Yards. <laughs> Uh, and working rebuilt on, Fenway Park. Rebuilt, rebuilt Fenway Park, working $100 million on, on Dodger Stadium. And also had the opportunity, that just won't be baseball, obviously. I just worked with, a, interviewed a, a guy named Kurt Hunsiger, and he's the president of uh, an XFL team. So I'll talk about an interesting story about how he got there. Um, we actually have a radio broadcaster, a guy named John Sadak, uh, who's coming on college space, a guy named Mike Trudnak, who works on the Learfield IMG side. Uh, all of these things to try and get information that you can take their stories, what they look for when they're hiring, all to make you make the listener a better product. So when they go have that interview, when they go talk to those people, when they're starting to build their career, they've got a heck of a lot of information than. I did when I was standing in Anaheim, California, going, uh, I'm Rob, and I went to Springfield College. Please hire me. Please hire me, right? We got a wife. You got a job. I got a wife and a job. It was a worth. It was a worth. But you know what? It, it's, it's a great point about why you said going to the minor league meetings, going back to that. It, it, sometimes people just need to get off their ass right. and do something. And like waiting for like something to just happen in this industry is not how things get done. And uh, it's, that's just, a, it's just, you got to do something. It's a great point, because one of the things, too, is like, all right, the in May, there's going to be thousands of kids that uh, graduate with sport manager. Congratulations! How do you separate yourself? Because you know when you post a job at Fenway Sports, don't you think that you might get a few hundred applications? Yep. Uh, maybe try over a thousand. Right. And when we post for the and if you don't if you don't reach out to anyone until after you're out of college and you're now looking for you're a screwed. job, you're done because all these other people. We talked about you and I didn't necessarily have those connections. There's a lot of people who do have these connections. Yeah. Who maybe know somebody or are a sponsor of a team because the world has changed, who might get preferential treatment to getting these roles. You need to be able to separate yourself from those people by having the connections and reaching out to individuals and making a network before you graduate. If you wait till then, it's way too late. Way too late. So I think that's part of the structure is like that's what we want to be able to do. We are really focused in on that uh, on the demographic of people who are just starting their career or in college and trying to learning how to you know jumpstart their career. Could be late high career, school too. I'm trying change, to figure it out. career change. Career change. Early twenties, and I'll tell you, you're crazy if you want to do this in your thirties. The career change. Yeah. Right. Uh, but crazy's good. Crazy's good sometimes. Crazy's good sometimes. So I guess too is you know I hope to have the game plan is the send out uh, to have a podcast uh, interview about once a week. Uh, and I think too that we'll have you and I will banter back and forth about you know what's going on and if there's anything interesting that comes up uh, you know um, like the uh, they're playing baseball to feel the dreams right like that's kind of cool and it's talk, unbelievable talk, talk through uh, it's a genius idea about genius it. idea love it um, even the little thing that a little league thing that they did and play at the uh, yeah for league a couple of years now it's just it baseball's getting back to its roots of growing from the kids up and I think it's it, it took years. To get to that point, and there was just a huge generational gap that they missed, but they're doing the right, they're taking the right steps to make sure they're getting the kids back in the ballpark. Yeah, and I find the NBA incredibly interesting with their models. The NHL is doing a lot of neat things. Uh, even take like when I was able to interview uh, Kurt from the XFL, they're really taking uh, a, a very 
thoughtful approach into how that they're going to go do their business, right? So it's not like the uh, what was the football league AAF AAF that uh, that folded. I think it's you know I was coming out of there kind of like pumped up about pumped up for them. So uh, I'm excited to 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 be able to interview these people to share the stories, um, and I'm anxious uh, to read your blog post. You're Excellent writer. Oh, thank uh, you. I paid you to say that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you owe me twenty bucks now. No problem. And uh, and a lunch or something like that. Uh, but but I, we also want people to reach out to continue to reach out to us. Like it's supposed to be interactive. Like we want real world experiences. We want your questions. We that, want to hear from people. That's a great point. So we set up a website called frontofficefeatures.com, and uh, we want people to come in and tell us like, hey man, I'm going through this scenario. Yeah, we'll do the whole nine, the Twitter, the Facebook. Well, the Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah, all those uh, Which socials. you can connect with us all the different ways. Oh, they're all on there. Uh, so search front office features and search for us uh, on LinkedIn too. We're, yep. we're happy to, and front office features has a LinkedIn page too. So um, we want to go through all of those different uh, avenues to talk, to interact. I think the engagement part is very, is going to be important to us, mainly because we like it, right? This yeah, isn't I, I don't think anyone wants to listen to us just ramble on for a half hour every week either. So like give us something to talk about. Right. That's it. That's exactly it. We're interested in real world experience. Uh, and I think there's specific items. Uh, I know that there's specific items that we'll want to go and talk about that will accompany uh, the weekly interview of a, of a different uh, sports executive. So uh, I am pumped up. I'm kind of nervous. I'm not going to lie uh, about when, like, when the first day when we hit send on this. Publish, go. I don't know. Publish, go. I don't know. I'm still we'll learning what out. the hell's going on. Uh, so when we hit send, we'll publish, go. Yeah, right. We're going to need an intern. Um I'm like nervous, right? Because this is totally outside of my comfort zone. Like, I, I like talking, I like speaking, but like, I've never done anything like this. So, like, I had no idea how to record or edit or any podcast. This might things. not even be recording as we know it. I sure as hell. There's a you, little yeah. red thing going on in my uh, on my uh, computer. Uh, so I think that's, that's a good sign. A good sign ish, maybe. Uh, so I don't know. This is something I just want to. I just want to start and like we just want to start and see what happens. And we were the end of this thing is like, why are you doing this? Because we just want to help. Yeah, we just want to help. And, uh, and it's gonna be fun. It's gonna, I'm having a blast already. I mean, we're gonna do this at probably nine thirty, ten o'clock at night, at once a week when our kids are in bed and right. it's quiet time. And we're not gonna hear all this loud banging. <laughs> um, but uh, you yeah, know, it's it's just fun. It's like we get to talk about what we love to do anyway on a daily basis. What what better way to do it than actually give back and help? If 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 someone listens to this and hears us just shooting the shit and it can take one thing from that to apply it to their next interview and it helps them land the job. Awesome. Awesome. And the thing best is, I want to hear scenario. the best case scenario, like if you say, what does success look like at this thing? I would say like, we get, hey man, listen to your podcast for a while. Uh, just got my first internship. Thanks a lot for the help. Perfect. Like if I ever get that email, I'm like, yep, we're good. It was all worth it. It was all worth it. It was all, it was all worth it. So, um, and, and I don't want these things to be forever long. So like, I think all of the interviews are, well, except Charles Steinberg. Dr. Charles Steinberg, I love talk. him. He can talk. So actually, I interviewed him, and we talked for like an hour and 40 minutes. And I was like, Charles, I think I'm going to have to break this up into two. <laughs> uh, so, um, but most of these things will be He like, has a fascinating story. He's, in, he's a fascinating human being. There is no one who can put words into poetry and create like he can and paint a picture and, and visualize with just words. He's awesome. And he, he just finished up. Uh, so Bud Selig just uh, uh, released a book, um, former commissioner of baseball. Yep. It's like Charles wrote it. 
But oh. he wasn't like the author. He was the ghostwriter? He was the ghostwriter. And he went to, uh, when I first got hired in uh, Pawtucket, he would spend Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays in Milwaukee with the commissioner, following him around and writing the book. And uh, got a little shout out for all that. He gets a little shout out in like the last page. Uh, but yeah, it was, a, it was a big deal. He also worked for him for a while. Uh, but like, I want this. I'm hopeful that the interviews will be people like Larry Lucchino, right? The right. guy's going to go in the freaking Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, but also, like, you know, guys like us, right? And yeah, or even people, people who, that are, like, just getting in the just business. Just getting into the business. To get, provide their perspective that say, this is my path, this is how I landed my job as an account executive with the, the Los Angeles Kings. Like, right. all those type of different stories that help this person listening use that information to be able to be more prepared when they even have an information interview. Yeah. Because those are the times where people just say, I just want to work in sports. I just want to work in sports. So you and 250 million other sports fans in the world. So how do you separate yourself? And we're going to get so much into, uh, uh, we're going to get so into that, that it's going to be uh, a lot of fun. I do have to say, uh, so we've been starting this in May. Like I said, it's August. Um, There's a couple people along with yourself that have really helped me out. There's a guy, his name is Brian Krinsman. He's a UMass guy, just like you. Must be very smart. Uh, borderline. Uh, he's been hanging out with me too much, so. Uh, but he has actually been great. He's uh, helped me with uh, getting some um, history on some of the inter- people that I was interviewing. Uh, we've got this big, long database because we talked about that we want to reach out to colleges, so we're going to reach out to uh, college professors to maybe, hopefully, you know, you guys are using this as a college assignment. Uh, and Brian was a, was a giant, giant help in this whole thing. He helped... Uh, so many different times. And then uh, Tori Hutchings was, has been the person who is, uh, she was a friend in Omaha. So like my wife used to work with her. We were like really close. We would hang out and drink too much and have a good time together. Uh, and she's a graphic artist. So she was able to help create the logos and the million different versions of the logos and back and forth countless times. So we'll have to send them a case of beer. I have to send them a case of beer. I am uh, I'm appreciative of Tori. I'm appreciative of Krinsman. Appreciative of you. So I think this uh, is fun. It's exciting. This is let's uh, do it. Let's 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 do it. Let's this somehow is, push the publish send button. There we go. I'm gonna have to, yeah press uh, one two three go. But yeah, um, should be cool. So we'll get this one going. Episode one. Would you say now is uh, in the books? In the books. In the books. As they say, I think in radio. Uh, or whatever. Like, what we podcast? I don't podcast. know. Whatever the hell that we're doing, but we'll figure right. it out one day. One day. All right. On to uh, on to episode two. Interrupt. All right. See you.